And welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church in Visalia. And uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while. My name is Eric, one of the pastors here, Eric Northuck, here at Faith Baptist Church in Visalia. And uh, once again, we have our other pastor, Dan, joining us in the podcast. Uh, This is really kind of yours and my podcast. I don't know why I keep saying that as if it's just my podcast. It's, well, you know, you, know, you started it. I started, started it, I guess. It. So, oh, but, yeah. but you're, you're the, the other person I have to bring on the podcast. I don't know who else yeah. I'd bring. You know, I just, I think I just lost both of my eardrums. <laughs> I have it turned up too loud. You can control it. You know, I got all these little fancy buttons here. What? Yeah. <laughs> Should I turn up louder? It's a sign of old age, I yes, think. Yes, it is. All right, so we're we're going to post Super Bowl Sunday. Last Sunday was the Super Bowl, and uh, I I'll just make a confession right now, and it's embarrassing I know for manliness manliness and all this, but I don't care about Super Bowl, and I'll go even further, and this is super embarrassing. I don't care about football. I'll go even further. I don't care about sports. I know. <laughs> I had to turn in my man card a long time ago. You know, but that being said, I did get, kind of get you to kind of, you know, sympathize with the Raiders. At least. Yeah, that's that, yeah, because you've got all, all that Raider lore. It's <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting perspective. I do enjoy going to, watching like Super Bowl parties when I've gone to them in the past or watching Super Bowl and because and, I, I, you know, I like strategy and I like to think through what would I do, you know. It's just like playing any game. Yeah, you know, you just, it, there's uh, there's value there. But I'm really good at telling the coach what to do. Yeah, exactly. Always, you know. I guess there's something that you know. <laughs> what in the world are you doing? That that always, you know, the that, armchair quarterback. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it was a good. It was a good game. I mean, yeah. I didn't get to watch it, but it was a good game, and it came down. You know, obviously, you won in overtime, but there was also you know some interesting conversation pieces that came out of the Super Bowl. Yeah, from the Super Bowl or from the commercials? Wow, Super Bowl time. Super Bowl commercials. I know commercials commercials are part of it. You know, used to be. You know, I I remember as a kid, I'd watch it because of the commercials. But they've gotten, you know, more and more inappropriate. I think, but maybe I don't know. I haven't. Haven't. It's been a few years since I've watched the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. It's been a few. um, Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't even watch it this year. No, I didn't. Oh, watch it. I don't think I watched it last year either. <laughs> yeah, or maybe what the year is before. going on, Dan? I know, I know. my team's not you're, there. You're going to have to turn <laughs> in your man card soon too. <laughs> I'm a bad influence. This is what's happening. Yes, I'm that's so it. sorry. That's you, it. That's it, it. it corresponds to when I got here. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that, that's about yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it's been at least a few years since I've watched a Super Bowl, and I'm yeah. sure the one I watched was good. Yeah, you know, but I'm sure it involved Tom Brady. I hope not. I've heard that he's he's been a repeat there for for a long time. Yeah, but, but he's uh, retired. He's now, retired. So. Yes, yes. Uh, that's a, that's the extent of my football knowledge. The the one guy that everybody knows is 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 who I can uh, identify. So, uh, but yeah, the discussion that we had coming out of uh, the Super Bowl, a lot of discussion, kind of surprised me. I had somebody ask me uh, a few a couple weeks ago about the the he gets us stuff. And when this question came up, it reminded me that oh yeah, there's a lot of influences there. That as pastors, we need to be, we need to be on the ball and in helping people think right. And when this, when, when I was asked this question, I thought, isn't that, isn't that he gets us? Isn't that like a Mormon thing? Because I I don't know why it was in my mind because I'd heard it 
I didn't know much about it, and I thought well, it was some kind of a Mormon. Maybe somebody told me that, and but I just kind of ignored it, uh, or you know, put it didn't, didn't really think about it until the Super Bowl thing, where everyone's starting to talk about that he gets us th- stuff, and it's it, it's kind of taken off, wouldn't you say? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, it's created a. It, let's put it this way: it sparked a lot of debate and conversation in the in the world. And, you know, evangelicalism, there's a lot of debate about it, especially in light of the recent Alistair Begg you yeah. know, comments that, that he made. And if you haven't heard of that, you, you, should, you can catch some of that on a uh, sermon that he talked about. You can just Google it on the news and you'll see all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. So, you know, especially in light of that, <clears throat> the Super Bowl ad is, is really quite interesting and again, it's someone telling us basically what would Jesus do? You know, the WWJD bracelets, you know, what would Jesus do? Yeah. So it's basically te- people telling us what Jesus would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it kind of, it, it's, it's kind of lecturing, really. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. You know, Jesus would do what we're telling you Jesus would do. Yes. And, and, and so this whole campaign is pushing, you know, what they call love. Yes. Right? Jesus would love. Yes. And then they define love for you. For you. Yeah. So unless you're doing this, you are not doing what Jesus would do. So, yeah, it, yeah. It's a campaign that's directed to the right wing, if what we call yeah. the the right wing Christian. Right. Basically, in, in essence, it's not really directed to the left side of the the aisle. It's the right side yeah. of the aisle. It's kind of an attack. It, it really. is. It is, in a sense, an attack. Kind of, kind of a, a, what do we say, an ad hominem, a personal attack yes. against what they would label as Christian nationalists. Right. Which is a pejorative that they've used to to discount anyone who doesn't hold to their view. That, yes. You know. So, but, I mean, is it... Well, well, go ahead. Why don't we do this? So... Yeah. I'll just kind of go through and maybe describe the vignette. So what it is, it's a series of vignettes of people doing foot washing. And so it opens up with a scene of a what looks like a son washing his elderly father's feet while mom serves in the background. She's bringing dinner to the table, and you got a daughter here that looks like a sister who's sitting in the back. And so he's washing his dad's feet. And I think really what this is is this is something to get you drawn in because mm-hmm. this doesn't fit the narrative of the rest of what's here. I mean, you have a white young son washing his elderly father's foot, except that maybe, you know, maybe he's elderly might be the whole thing there. But right. it doesn't seem to fit the, the rest of the vignettes that we see. Hmm. And, and that takes us to the next episode which moves right into a Hispanic police officer washing the feet of what looks like a black gang member. And he's they're in a dark alley. You see the police car in the background, and you see this. this it looks like it potentially could be a, a gang member. It's a rough, very rough alley, and the police officer is on his knees washing his feet. And then the next scene shows a young, white, like, hip high school girl there's a trophy case in the background of course and so it shows that it's a high school you know and she is washing the feet of a an outcast type person who has red hair very short red hair as a female she's got a skateboard she's sitting on she's got boots 
So obviously, by outcast, you mean like mar- they're portraying as marginalized by society. Yeah, is what you marginalized mean. by society. Yeah. You know, she's a skateboarder. Yeah. You know, got the boots, the short hair. You could possibly be leaning towards, you know, gender identity issues, but, yeah. you know, maybe not, but definitely an outcast. And so this hip cheer, you know, cheerleader type female is is who's in the in crowd is washing this person's feet. The next scene goes out to the desert and you have this old cowboy type person washing the feet of a Native American in in the desert. And so then from there we go to another scene Hmm. and someone noted that these all look like AI images and I think they are. Yeah. You go to the next scene and it's someone in front of a family planning clinic, an abortion clinic, and you have a middle-aged white woman washing the feet of someone who probably just came out of the abortion clinic. While in the background, you've got these protesters back there who aren't paying attention, except for a couple seem to be looking that direction, but they're holding, you know, save unborn baby signs and, and <clears throat> you know, save you know, basically save unborn baby signs, but they're all holding them down and they're all talking, Hmm. you know, ignoring what's going on, you know, like maybe 40, 50 feet in front of them. The next scene is inside of like what appears to be like a, I would call it like an apartment or maybe a, a trailer home. You've got a young redhead washing the feet of a gal that looks like she's either an alcoholic or she's, abused by an alcoholic husband so and the other gal is older and so she's washing her feet my guess is probably an alcoholic because there's alcohol everywhere so this person is is you know struggling in life and you have a young white female again washing her feet the next picture is it looks like something that got taken out of bakersfield you've got an older middle-aged white guy who is washing the feet of an of an Asian, what do you call environmentalist? There's a Clean Air Now sign that she, that's sitting behind her, and they're out amid, amid, amidst the oil pumps. So it looks like it's, it's straight out of Bakersfield, and so that's what you have there in that scene. And then the next scene is a young middle-aged woman, or let's see here, flip back one here. It's a young, that's actually a young lady. Looks like she's in her early 30s. Clearly, in this, this picture's in the suburbs. You've got a migrant worker, an immigrant who's standing in front of a bus holding a baby. She's Hispanic or Latin. And this woman is washing her feet. And then we move from there to, we move from there to another suburban scene where you have a middle aged white woman washing the feet of a young Muslim lady. And, and the Muslim lady's husband is standing over her shoulder watching very closely and then the husband of the 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 woman doing the washing is sitting in the back probably about looks like six seven feet off and he's washing watching her wash feet with concern on his face and then you have a you move to a scene where there's people yelling at each other it's at a protest they're on the steps you've got people saying shut him up you've got people having signs that say stop hate and then you've got a black woman washing the feet of what looks like a Latin woman, and they're obviously on you know different sides of that equation. From there, you move to a scene out of the Deep South where you've got a white man and a black man sharing a foot bath together. 
and the black man has his hand on the white guy. And then it finally ends with this, and this is the ending point here, and this is where the music culminates and the lyrics and the music all come out here in, in, in a crescendo. You have a religious figure who appears to be some kind of bishop or priest, and he's washing the foot of a trans or homosexual man, male on, on the beach. Hmm. And so that's where it ends, and then it goes to words, and it says... The words after that, it says, Jesus, let's see here. It's not pulling it up here. It says, Jesus didn't teach hate. He watched feet. He gets us, all of us. And so those are the words that we continue to see after that. that yeah. Then that's how the commercial ends. Okay, so you have these people on different sides of an ideological spectrum who are, you know, they're being posited, or they're being put in these these different scenes, and they're washing. What? They're. I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't tracking to see who was washing whose feet. Was it right. always on the, on the right, of that spectrum, that was washing yeah. on the, the left? Is that typically generally, what it is? Generally, typically what it, what okay. you've got, or you've it, really what you've got is you've got the. The marginalized and the victims, their their feet are being their washed. feet are being yeah. washed by right. by, I guess you would call the non marginalized. So or, that that's interesting because, yeah. So you've got the, these ideologies and and even theological, like the Muslim one. I mean, you you get these different ideas. They're, they're on opposites. The the one that stands out to me is the abortion one. Yeah. So the the ones who are protesting against abortion are washing the feet of the one who is, you know, promoting abortion or killing their babies, and 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 we're supposed to, and of course this is drawing on like John thirteen where Jesus washes the disciples' yes. feet, <clears throat> and and this is what is he gets us. He's not concerned with with ideas or positions or theology. Or, or you know these these truths. For example, go to the abortion thing. It's not Jesus isn't concerned with, with, with you know whether a baby should be murdered or not. No. What he's concerned with is that we are willing to set aside our ideologies in love. In love, yes. And, and Jesus yeah. supposedly modeled this. So this is what Jesus would do. Because so Jesus came into the world with no ideology, yeah. in essence, and no. Right. No foundation by which to operate. Only right. love. It's just pure love. Pure love. There, there's nothing else but love, and this is supposed to compel uh, unity. Yes. In 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 the world. In, in humanity, and it's mm. it's the it's aimed at the right. So it's the right that yeah. isn't loving. It's, it, it, it's right. the right that needs to come to right. the left. Right. So this. So we are hating. Yes. By telling them that they are wrong in the way they're thinking or yes. the things that they are doing. Yes. And we are we are claiming an objective standard that is based in the Word of God, and they're throwing Jesus at us yes. and saying, Jesus never did that. Jesus right. wouldn't do that. You are acting in hate. It is hateful to tell someone that they are wrong. Yes. yes. So Jesus never did that, mm -hmm. which is completely not true. They don't... Right. They clearly don't know their Bible. So what, my first question is, who is behind this campaign? Yeah, so what you have is, 
Well, my understanding of he gets us is it's collaborative. Okay. It's not just like supposed Christians working on this, but it's Christians and non-Christians. So you don't have people that just strictly adhere to a Christian faith, but it's a collaborative effort between Christians and non-Christians. That That's clear. Yeah. Also, you could say it's pretty clear that there's a leftist agenda that's driving yeah. this campaign as well, because, again, what are you doing is you're just spitting out woke Right, you know, woke Marxist theology right. in essence. It's Marxism. It, yeah. b- behind yeah. it, what's interesting is that he gets us. Also, tweeted this out. At, I don't remember how recently they've been around for a few years. So they've done some of these ads before, right? And they go, "How do you how do you love your neighbor? Avoid judging others. So we're not allowed to pass judgment. You're not allowed to tell people what they're doing is wrong. It's wrong to tell the girl that she's going in, into the abortion clinic that she's murdering a child. It's wrong to confront her with that or." or or that there's any sin involved in anything she's doing. You know, it, it's wrong to tell the transgender person that, that they're wrong and their idea, their lifestyle is actually sinful. Hmm. That it's wrong to do that. So right. we stop. It's unloving. It's wrong. It's unloving. Yeah. So you stop judging others. Yeah. Draw near to those you avoid. Choose humility. Yeah. So humility means that I don't look out for my neighbor yeah. in, in what scripture says is best for yeah. my neighbor, humility in their minds is translated to, I just love and shut up. Yeah. So that's interesting because they're saying it is wrong to say that they're wrong, which or to judge, which they are making a judgment. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they, they, are, yeah. they are doing the very same thing that yes. they're saying we shouldn't do. Which is to judge us and to say that we are wrong for saying that they're wrong. Yes. So that what that means is they are they're they're actually not they're they're they don't have a problem with saying that something or someone is wrong. The problem is they want to be the standard of yeah. what is wrong. Yeah. That seems to and, be that way. Yes. And, and and so what it, it what it's saying in essence is you need to define love the way we define love or you're wrong and we are the standard because clearly it's not the the bible because that's not at all what mm-hmm. is portrayed in in the gospels it's just coming from their own instincts right their yes. own standards so they're they're the standard of right and wrong they are the standard bearers yes yeah. it would, yeah, clearly clearly they are that's quite judgmental you know so so let me ask you something here as I'm thinking about this, you know, because when you're when you're first watching it, it's somewhat appealing, right? Yeah. So you're you're washing the feet of all these people. It's deceptive. Mm-hmm. You know, Satan, I just read this, and you know, Satan, it's no wonder, you know, Satan walks around like an angel of light. Yeah. And what's he doing that? He's deceiving. He's appealing, He's yeah. appealing yeah. to people, being deceptive in that. And so, you know, you think about this whole thing about Jesus serving and washing feet. What is the problem here when you have people mm. washing, you know, a police officer washing a gangster's feet? You have yeah. these other things going on, and they're trying to draw this comparison to Jesus washing his <laughs> disciples' feet to all these people yeah. I- inclusively washing everybody's feet. Right. What's what's the issue there? Well, you know, understanding what Jesus was doing is the issue. You have no idea. When Jesus in John thirteen, when he when he takes on well, he takes off his outer garment, it describes, mm-hmm. and then he he puts on it was a slave's towel 
that he that he wraps around himself. And then he gets down and he washes the feet of his disciples. So it's very specific. He's not washing the Pharisees' feet. He, you know, he's not washing uh, everybody's feet. You yeah. know, it's the disciples. It's those who belong to him. And, and and then Peter says, "Well, you know, you, you shouldn't wash my feet." And Jesus says, "You know that this is, this is necessary. He needs to be cleansed." And he says, "My whole body." And Peter, Jesus says, "Well, you're, you've already been washed." So it's those who are that belong to Christ who have been washed. But what is being demonstrated in that entire scene is Philippians chapter two, Jesus being in the form of God. That is, he is God took on the form of a slave. And so that is that is being demonstrated in that scene. In order to take on a cross. And so what is being demonstrated is the length that Jesus has gone in order to redeem his people, which involves ultimately taking on the curse. So all of these things that in that he gets his campaign that we're supposed to be okay with are the very things that Jesus died for. Hmm. This is this is what put Jesus on the cross. Yeah. So yeah, he gets us. We're we're horrible sinners. That's right. And if he hadn't taken on the form of a slave, we would be condemned. So the most unloving thing you can do is to refute to to bend to that kind of thinking where Jesus doesn't care about ideology. No, he died for the liars and the deceivers and the and the you know the the homosexuals and 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 the the sinners who are his yes he died for them and so he and then he, and then the feet washing there is him sanctifying it's a picture of him sanctifying so he cleanses us but then he sanctifies us mm. and and ultimately does this through the spirit as you progress through John you realize that's what's where he's going and until the very end he gives us his spirit and that becomes the the foot washing if you will of our lives we become sanctified yes. Because we've been cleansed, but we still do stupid things, mm-hmm. and, and we're growing in that. So that's the entire point of the whole foot washing thing. That uh, that video on the Super Bowl twists it and distorts it and makes it something that is completely foreign yes. to anything that Jesus modeled or that's described in, in the Scripture. It's the opposite. Uh, the very things that they are advocating for, that they are, they are judging us for, you know, you know, take take any one of those. Take take abortion. God determines life. God creates life. God says that you know in the Old Testament, if 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 a man kills a woman and, and it was pregnant and the baby dies, then you know that's that's a death penalty. If or, I mean, the woman survives and the baby dies, that's a that's a death penalty. Yes, this is from God. He's the standard. Yes. So you know, when you break it down, <clears throat> the very sin that Jesus died for, that he took on slavery and ultimately the cross for, is a very sin that every single person will pay when the wrath of God comes on them for eternity if they do not repent and turn to Christ. So that's the only way you could say he gets us. Yes. He, he isn't okay with our sin. He isn't okay with our life choices. No. He doesn't just let those go. No, he no. died for those yes. things. Those are the things that nailed him to the cross. Absolutely. And and specifically for those who are his disciples, those who belong to him. Yes. And there is an emphasis in the New Testament on on humility and serving yeah. one another. Right. And and even, you know, 
even in this passage, Jesus says, as I have washed your feet, you all saw us to wash another, one another's. I give you an example, yep. right? And, and, and so there's an emphasis in the New Testament about serving one another. How many one another's are in the New Testament? Yep. You know, that doesn't have... And that one anothering is always in the context of the local it's church. Always, it's always speaking of those who belong to the church. Yes. Yeah. Does that mean we don't serve our neighbors? No. It's it's interesting because, uh, you know, as I'm studying for this sermon coming this Sunday, I'm in John 20, and, and it describes Jesus, he's resurrected, he sees Mary, and, and he tells Mary, he says in verse 17, stop clinging to me, which is his whole thing, if you want to hear what that means, come Sunday, because it's fascinating. Or what, listen. What, or listen online. It's just amazing. And it's probably not what you thought it was. But he says, but go to my brethren and say to them, I send to my father and your father and my God and your God. So this is a contrast. He says, go, and, it, and it's a complete contrast. So it's stop clinging to me, but instead of doing that, go to my brother's. And, and so in the context, it's to the disciples, hmm. but it's much bigger than that because of the present active imperative, he's telling her to keep going, keep on. Hmm. This is a call to evangelize, and it's assuming that there are those who are brothers and sisters who are not yet a part of the church. So yeah, like these one another's expand beyond yes. just the church, uh, just by virtue of the fact that we don't know who uh, God is calling, you know, and so we 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 we. We are uh, lovingly sharing the gospel, love and lovingly demonstrated Christ in order to call those uh, the world to repentance, but ultimately those who are the brothers uh, and sisters of, of of Jesus. So those one and others expand beyond just those who have been washed, right? And then just the, de- the demonstration of Christ in 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 His humility in His life toward those who were His enemies. You know that's clearly. In, in on display. So yeah, like it's not that we aren't supposed to be humble or, or or act like Jesus did. I don't think literally we're called to wash the disciples' feet, but, but right. the idea is figuratively. Like yes. he says in there in yes. John 13, go and like I've done, you go do. Yes. So we are to serve one another. Yes. Uh, so that's that's definitely there. And and part of that just by nature isn't isn't part of that uh, warning people against yeah you know a a lifestyle that demonstrates you do not belong to the to the kingdom of god and you are not headed for heaven in spite of what you think yeah in, in fact mary she ends in in john 20 verse 18 she says she came announcing to the disciples i have seen the lord and he said these things to her. So she is proclaiming a resurrected mm-hmm. Lord. Yes. Which is fascinating because she was weeping over a, a body she kept calling Lord. She kept locating his lordship in in his dead mm-hmm. body, which is absurd. Yes. I mean, it's nonsensical. If he's Lord, how is he dead? Yes. Right? And so she's got to come to this realize. So her proclamation is he's a resurrected Lord. And this is our proclamation to the world. Mm-hmm. This is what Paul said in Acts 17. There, there is a man who is judging, who is resurrected. Mm-hmm. He is. There is a day coming when there is judgment. There is nothing more loving than to refuse to allow a someone to 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 not hear that. Yes. And and it yeah it may come off as judgmental because it is judgmental because there is a judge that is coming. That's right. And the fact is is you are going to face an eternity of God's wrath, mm. hellfire. Yes. 
And if I don't warn you, what kind of a person am I? That's right. Yeah. So what they're telling us in this campaign is to just shut up. Don't tell people about the, the wrath of God and, and, and that Jesus died for sin. And just, just be accepting of everything and everyone. But you, you never see that pattern in Scripture at all. No, you don't. Never. Never. And you don't. You think of Jesus in John 8. In John 8, you have the story of the woman caught in adultery yeah. here. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because at the end of that story, what does Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, what? Sin no more. Keep sinning, right? Right. right. Yeah, just keep living your life the <laughs> way you fine. were before. Yeah. That's fine. Right. But Jesus had the right to condemn. If anyone right. had the right to actually condemn her immediately, it was Jesus. Yeah, he judged her. Yes. He judged her as a sinner, and that's, that's what right. he worked to help her see. Yes. She needed to see. And then it's amazing because she drops her water bucket, which is just this whole fascinating analogy. John 4. John 4. You're yes. talking about John 4. Oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking it. But anyway, go to that yeah, one. No. Uh, she was also as an adulterer, yes. so my, yes. my mind jumped yes. there. Yes. Yes, I was thinking John 4. But it isn't a judgment. And then she goes in, in, in John 4, she goes and she says, Go, come and see the one who told me everything I, I have ever, ever de- yes. done. Yes. He judged me as a sinner. That's right. And, That's right. and it was the most loving thing he could do because I came to understand that he is the Messiah. That's right. He's the hope. He's the Savior. Yes. So, yeah, I was mixing up the. the well, same thing in John 8, the, really. Yeah. Same thing happens in John yeah. 8. And but you have Jesus telling her to yeah. stop sinning. Yeah. Not not continue on in this right. lifestyle that you're living, but stop sinning. Right. And, it, and the, the gospel calls us to that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And John eight, I think that you know what? What did Jesus inscribe in the sand there? My theory, and I think you can find correlation to is it Jeremiah seventeen, where it talks about the sins of Judah inscribed on the altar. Mm. with the tip of a diamond. That word tip is actually the Hebrew word for fingernail. Mm. I think Jesus is, is, is modeling that. I think it's Jeremiah 17. I think he's modeling that. And I think what he's doing is he's identifying the sin of, of the, uh, the Pharisees standing over him. Mm. I, think he's, I think he's writing that in the sand. Yeah. May, maybe names, because I, I think that there was a lot of adultery going on yes. in, the, in the Pharisees. That's, there's, there's some backing for that mm. if you read some of the... The rabbinical justification, intertestamental Judaism kind of stuff for divorce and all that, it, it kind of gives you this thinking that there's probably a lot of excuses to put away your wife in order to bring on someone else that you prefer. The younger model. The younger model yeah. or whatever. And I think whether that's that or, or he's describing skin, but it was enough to them to be like, oh, this... this Jesus gets us. <laughs> yeah. Jesus does he get gets us. us. Yes, he does. And they one by one they put down their rocks and, and they leave. Left. Yeah. So and I am by the way like in John 8 a lot of people want to throw that out as it's not part of the original text. It absolutely is. Mm. And if you want to see why I think that pull up my sermon on John 8 yes. which was a long time ago. I don't yes, know. <laughs> That's right. It's been a great yeah. sermon series it really yeah. has. You know, you see this in 1 Corinthians 6 too when you think of Paul, as he's talking to the Corinthians, he says, or do you not know, in verse 9, he says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? It's a rhetorical question, yeah. right? Yeah. He goes, don't you know this? You should. You should know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, 
nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God, and such were, past yeah, tense, that's right. such were yep. some of you, yep. but you were yep. washed, you were sanctified, yep. you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they were changed. Yeah. This is your past life. Yeah. This and, is not who you are anymore. No. Yeah. And so relationship with Christ calls us out of our selfish, self-centered living in which we live for ourselves, our pleasures, our lusts, our desires, our wants, and we live for Christ. And, yeah. and Christ changes us and, and makes us new people. And that's so clear over and over and over. I mean, you think of, you know, John, where he talks about that I am the light, you know, out of you will come rivers of living yeah. water. John 7, yeah. You know, yeah. I am the way, the truth, the yeah, light. If anyone is thirsty, yes. come to me. Yes. And the rivers of water will flow. Yes. Yeah. And I'll, you're yeah. going to be satisfied, yeah. you know, in Christ. And and so there's this great change that takes place. And the loving thing to do is not to leave people in their sin. It's not. It That's not, no. it, you know... It's the opposite. It, it's the opposite. That's hatred. Yes, that is hatred. Yeah. There's nothing loving about leaving people in their sin. Yeah. In any way, whether it's you know the unbeliever or the struggling believer, yeah, there's the same. nothing loving right. about that. Right? No, that's not what we do. We don't, you know, as believers, our one another's command us. They demand that we act like Jesus in John 13, and we 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 act like like slaves of our brothers, and sometimes that means enduring. Difficult people and going to people and having to confront them for their yeah. sin and knowing that they're not going to receive it and knowing, man, you know, you've been a pastor long enough. I've been a pastor long enough. I mean, I've I've had what I think are believers, you know, swearing at me, yelling at mm. me. How can you be so so mean and evil and whatever? And 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 I'm just like I'm, I'm wanting you to see. Yes. That this this life that you're living is destructive and because I love you. Yes. You know. I'm willing to take hits mm-hmm. as your shepherd. If that's, that's right. if, if if you're gonna start swinging, <laughs> you know, if I yeah. gotta turn the other cheek, I, I I gotta do that. Hopefully metaphorically. But yes. you know you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like this is it, yes. like this is what it, the shepherd did for us. Yes. He took on our sin on the cross. Yes. He's he is God. He is infinite in glory and in light and in, yes. in holiness and purity. He did not need to do this. No, and he did it to redeem a people for himself that would be holy. Yeah, holy. Yeah, that, that means there has to be change, right? And the standard for that change is God Himself. Yes, and that's where this this He gets His campaign is. It's where it's off from the beginning, yes. because they have made themselves their own standard. Yes. Instead of looking to the scripture, and then they're they're, they're twisting it even worse, and they're saying Jesus agrees with he gets us, he agrees with us. Yes. He, so so now Jesus is subservient to them. Yes. And so all they're doing is they're saying, you know, we want what we want, how we want it, when we want it, and Jesus is going to do that because that's the Jesus we've created in our own image. That's right. I mean, that goes right back to the garden. To it's really say, idolatrous. It's it's idolatry. Yes. You know, did God really say? And you can be like God, knowing good and evil. You can be the standard. That's right. Of, you know, what is right and what is wrong. That's that's wicked. That's satanic. So we love our neighbors, but we love them the way God wants us to love them. 
which yeah. is we, we treat people with humility yeah. and kindness, and we also give them the truth in love. That's right. In truth in love. Because yes. sometimes overzealous, well-meaning Christians will give the truth and, and yes. then say, well, that's loving. Yes, but it does matter how. Yes. And you can see that modeled in Jesus. Sometimes, you know, Jesus, especially dealing with the Pharisees, the way he dealt with them was different than, than like John 3, Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. As Nic- and I think Nicodemus comes to Christ. The way he, yes. he answered Nicodemus' questions, there's a gentleness, there's grace. There's, there's, there's so many things we, can, we, can, we could go there about how. But the point is, is that to be loving is to tell the truth. Yes. And, and Nicodemus would not have been among the marginalized. No, he was an elitist. Yes. <laughs> so was Zacchaeus in yeah. some ways. Yeah. He was this rich, wealthy yeah, yeah. guy that Jesus reached out to and he saved. Yeah. You know? So, so, you know, while I'm thinking about this, I want to just forage off into a different direction for a second. I mean, it's the same thing, but Alistair Begg. Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Take a couple of minutes here and maybe talk about Alistair yeah. Begg and, and his comments where he... And this was big news. If you haven't followed it, you you need to just look at it so you yeah. understand what's going on. But Alistair Begg actually tells, in a private conversation, he tells a grandmother who is asking him, should I go to the wedding of my granddaughter who is marrying a trans person? Yeah. Okay. And so Alistair begs us something to the question, question you know, something to the effect of, does she understand where you are? And, he goes, mm-hmm. and the lady's like, yeah, she absolutely does. She knows exactly where I'm at. I've talked to her many times. And he goes, well, in that case, then I, I think it would be loving to go to the wedding, take your gift and, and, yeah. and, 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 and give her the gift. And so apparently she went to the wedding and she took a Bible, you know? Yeah. So, you know, thinking about, this whole issue, responding in love in a situation like that, has created a huge stir yeah. in evangelicalism. Yeah. You know, Alistair Begg was on the schedule to speak at ShepCon. I was excited about yeah. that. And yeah. now he's not. Right. And understandably, you know, so there's right. there's a lot of distraction around this. Not only that, but you have the question of his actual counsel, which he doubled down on and said, yeah. I have nothing to repent of here. I haven't right. done anything wrong. So, so maybe for a couple seconds here, you can just kind of yeah. help us yeah, think yeah. clearly through that. Sure, yeah. You know, I've, I've put some thought, because I've had some people in the church bring this up, mm-hmm. and uh, I, 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 haven't, <laughs> I haven't listened in detail to what Alistair Begg has said, but it, it's, it's not that difficult to, to grasp. I mean, mm-hmm. he's telling a grandmother... That she can she can go and, and love her grand her granddaughter who's a lesbian getting married to another lesbian, and because she's made the statement that she doesn't approve, then she knows that and it's all clear, <clears throat> and she can bring a Bible and and this is a loving thing to do. And and Alistair Begg he I know he 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 doubled down on it and then he gave a sermon recently called Compassion versus Condemnation. Yes, and in that sermon he did a couple things that are. Interesting. One, he said that you know he's not of the fundamental. You know, he, he doesn't understand this fundamentalism. That there are, you know, he, he's from a, a different group, and, and so basically, he's kind of kind of pigeonholing the the entire debate. Well, that's the the fundamentalists who are accusing him of of, of this whole thing. 
uh, which is a bit of a personal attack. That, that's that's a that's not a not a good way to to defend any kind of argument. Mm-hmm. And then and it wasn't all he said. And then he appealed to compassion texts, which are not in view when we're call, when we're talking about you know what what what's going on here. There's nobody who would disagree that we shouldn't be compassionate or we shouldn't be kind. That's right. Or we shouldn't act like Jesus, Jesus who uh, was willing to go find the lost sheep, you know, the, like the great shepherd and, and, and all of that, um, that, that he is. So yes, nobody's denying that. That's not, he's not answering the question. That's the problem. He's not answering the question. He says, he says that in a different set of circumstances, I would give different instructions to somebody else. Right. But what he but the circumstances that he has presented are the circumstances for like 99% of every That's Christian right. grandmother yeah. who who has this issue and I know that this is becoming more and more common and it is painful. It is. And he just gave every, he he gave no qualification at all. None. So so that every grandmother now can can do what she wants to do. Which is to I just want to love her. I want I want her to know. I want her to, you know, know that I love her. It's not that I don't love her. It's that I disagree with this lifestyle because of God's word. That's right. So he's removed all criteria, and he says, and so it's almost like a Gnostic kind of thing where he's become the standard. Like in a different set of circumstances, I would tell someone else. Well, what circumstances? That's what. Yeah, that's exactly the what question. circumstances. Like, tell me. I I'm, I'm all ears. And I thought through this a lot. Like, what circumstances would it be okay? And there was only one I could think of where it would where it would be okay in my thinking. And that and that would be if if you know they they did what they used to do, which was to say, if anyone objects to this marriage, let him speak now or forever hold his peace. You you should go then and stand up and let everyone know that you object to this marriage. They don't do that anymore. But if they did, then let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, and let's do that because yes. what happens otherwise is, yes, yeah, she knows that I object to this marriage, but you are there as a witness, as a witness, and as yes. a testimony that you are approving. Does it? Does that? Does it? The does everyone know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you know you you write a letter to everyone and let everyone know. Then it's okay to come. I, I don't know. I think that this is. This is a big deal because you are a witness. When you yes. are in that crowd and you are going there in the name of love or anything else, or, or just because you don't want to be controversial or whatever, you're, you're acting as a witness. Yes. So you're giving a stamp of approval. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is a big deal because when you go to a marriage ceremony, it is between God and that couple in the presence of the church who are testifying. And that's an important, because when we talk about the church, you know, and you see people who are struggling in their marriage, you know, and you've been to their wedding, that, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a little handhold that says, hey, I was at your wedding. I heard your, your, vow. your vows. Yeah. What are you doing? Right? That's part of loving. Yes. And there's nothing loving about going in support of a gay marriage, because no. it's not a marriage. That's right. In the eyes of God, and it doesn't matter what the state says. Right. It's really about what is, what God, you know, calls real in a sense. Yeah, a real marriage, and He says it's a man and a woman. Right. Period. That's not a marriage. Yeah. And 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 you you are you've just sent, and again, 
the, the Alistair Begg is a celebrity uh, pastor. Yes. He's well known, and and maybe he's nuanced in his thinking, but he hasn't told us how. Right. So, you you think that everyone else is going to be as nuanced in that set of circumstances that you claim to have, which I I cannot fathom what it would be that it's okay. You just gave permission for the entire evangelical world to go to a gay marriage. Yes. And you haven't told us any reason why we shouldn't, in the name of compassion. Yes. You have aligned yourself with the He Gets Us campaign. Yeah, you have. That's what you've done. Yes. And it's unfortunate whether yeah. he intended to or not, and obviously he didn't, In well, in some ways. You know, he would claim that wasn't his intention, but he has. He has. He has. You know, if it were isolated in, and he weren't a celebrity, you know, you, you could kind of be like, oh, there, you know, there's just that guy. But Alistair Begg, I mean, I love Alistair Begg. Yes. He's a great preacher. He's solid. Yes. He's been faithful. But he doesn't get a pass. No. Just because, it just, I wouldn't expect you to give me a pass, Dan. Right. If I do stupid things. And, and so we, we, you know, we, we don't, we don't condone this at all. Um, and it's, it's just, it's too bad. It is. It really is. Yeah, it's really unfortunate in so many ways. And, you know, I just think that he speaks in a sense because he's got that celebrity status. He speaks for all of Christendom yeah. in, in a sense because he's known to be, you know, a, a conservative person. He himself said, I don't, you know, I'm not in favor of the gay lifestyle. But, you know, in this case, he said he's, he's willing, in a sense, to make an exception, which is really not. He doesn't have a good reason yeah. why, why to make that exception or a biblical reason really to make that exception because in the end what he's doing is putting a stamp of approval. Yeah. When you go to the wedding, when you attend, when you go to the celebration afterwards and you're, you know, you're celebrating in a sense with the couple yeah. and the reception, you're putting a stamp of approval on that and saying, I approve. Yeah. Whether you do or not, you've done it. Yeah. There, there's a couple other things I could say too. One... Let's 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 do the WWJD thing. Do you really think Jesus would go to a gay wedding? Oh my goodness, no. No, no. the biblical Jesus, absolutely not. No, 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 not maybe anymore. to overturn tables. <laughs> True. He'd have True. his whip. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, no. And then the other thing I would say, I, I was thinking of Lot. You know, he's in Sodom and Gomorrah, and, it, and Sodom and Gomorrah is kind of centered around homosexuality. It's yes. it's the the the, the, the the depraved end of uh, of this this horrible where, where sexual immorality goes, and in God just, he says it's abhorrent to Him, and it's demonstrated through Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, this is. is this is it is all about homosexual yes. uh, relationship. God absolutely despises. Yes, and uh, and we we get to the New Testament description of Lot. And it says, I don't remember the reference, but it says his righteous soul is it, is it Jude? Jude? Jude, yeah. Jude. Uh, his righteous soul was vexed. Yes. That's a right response. And that is a response that is that is, you know, a, a Christian's, you know, believer's response, because you begin to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And it's interesting in that story there where 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 Lot is, is he's being forcibly dragged out of yes. the city. The angels eventually gotta pick him up and drag him out. Because he's still holding on to that, versus his wife, she turns. She turns into a pillar of salt. Yes, because she loved that place. She loved the sin that was there. Lot hated it, but he was unwilling to leave for whatever reason. And so God, in His grace, drags him out of there. Yes, 
which just goes to show God's grace in all of us. We, yes, we find absolutely. ourselves in places we shouldn't be doing things we shouldn't mm-hmm. be, and there God is dragging us out, mm-hmm. bringing us into places because he's the one who sanctifies. He washes our feet. That's right. That that applies to believers and believers alone. But when you tell a, a, a grandmother to go to a gay wedding, you're telling her to go to a place that... And, and, and to observe a thing that is despicable if yes. she's a believer yes. to her. should vex your soul. It vexes her soul if she's yes. a believer. Yes. It, if she loves Jesus greater than her granddaughter, she should be horrified by that thought. Yes. How, I cannot believe you're asking me to go to, to this thing that I know that God absolutely despises. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah over this. Mm. He, he he forcibly dragged Lot out of this, and you're telling me to go back into that? Mm. That that makes no sense. It doesn't yeah. add up. This is not compassionate at all toward this grandmother. No, no. So I I just I think there's a there you know Elster Beg has misstepped, really misstepped in this. You know, and the reality is that the gospel does separate. The gospel itself causes division. And Jesus said, you know, I bring a sword, you know, yeah. father against his, yeah. his children. Children, yeah, children you know, against the father. Yeah. Children against the father, came to divide, know, brothers yeah. against the sister. Yeah. And, and that division is the yeah. gospel because not everyone's going to accept the gospel or want the gospel, yeah. and it creates animosity. And what do you say in Luke 14? If, if anyone does not hate his father, mother, sister, brother, I think it says wife there, or even his own life, yes, he is not my disciple. Yes. And what by that he means that you you love him in the things that he loves so much yes. that you are willing to to avoid gay weddings for the sake of Christ. That's right. Yes. And, and that's, and, what, that's what I meant by animosity. Right. By the exactly. Way. You yeah, know, that's there, right. There's an enmity. There's an enmity. There's an toward... enmity with the world because we don't yeah. agree with the world. Right. And so when I say animosity, I don't mean it in the sense of of hatred towards right. one another, but rather that there is, if you want to call it an ideological right. hatred, right. where we do not agree right. with the things of the world, nor are we going to walk in step right. with it. No, animosity is the right word, but not with the the, the sinner, yes. right? In in terms of because you know the, the God is in charge of of that. Yes, you know he he saves homosexuals. He yes. saves like there, there's God knows, but certainly the sin. Certainly the sin. Uh, and anyway, yeah, so I, I really think he's misstepped. And, and yes. I think that the, he's aligned himself with the he gets us thing, and I think that he has, he has done something at such a time as this that is incredibly destructive. It is. And when, when we're trying to help our grandmothers and our moms work through this, because this is so painful. It is. It's very painful, and it's hard for... For you know, it's hard for Christians to really want, in a sense, to take the stand they need to take because the world just vehemently despises the truth. Yeah, and and they're going to paint you in they're going to paint you in the corner as a hater, as a homophobe, as a yeah. you know whatever you you are, an oppressor, you know whatever yeah. it is. That's how the world's going to yeah, paint that's, you. That's right. But the, but the reality is is that as believers we have no choice. Yeah, we have no choice. And that's a good segue into a, I think how we should end this is look where this is bringing us is sort of pre New Testament church days. 
where, well, it'd be like New Testament church days, um, you know, first century Christianity, Yes, where Paul is going around starting riots hmm. because hmm. they hate his message. Yes. And I think if, if th- this is where this is going, this is a setup to... To, to accuse us of being hatred because of our proclamation, which Jesus commanded us to do. Yes. Our proclamation that Jesus is Lord mm. and that sin deserves judgment and, yes. and that he's coming to judge. And this, this is our message. This is the gospel. And it flies in the face of he gets us. It does. And, and what, what, what is going to happen and what is fast very quickly is is we're in it. We're, we're heading toward a day where when we when we speak a message that the gospel uh, that the Bible so clearly commands us to do to speak, we're going to face persecution. Mm-hmm. We're going to find ourselves beat up, yeah, in, by mobs in the crosshairs of, yep. of people's yep. ire. Yep, just just like just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Just like that, it, they hate us. Yes, they hate us because we do do not condone the things that they love. Yes. Which is their sin, their yes. pleasures. That's what they, that's exactly, isn't it? What they said at Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. How dare you sin judgment of us, Lord? That's right. It's the same thing. Yeah, we're in the days of of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, and you know, I, I was mentioning this to a to a young man recently, and I and he said, "Well, you know, we need to be wise as serpents when we talk about evangelism because you know you don't want to go out and start riots." And I said, "Well, Paul did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Paul did yes. everywhere he went to start right. And I'm not." I don't want to get beat up. Right. But this is where we're going. Yes. And I do think that this, these are going to be the consequences, and it seems like, in the near future. And that's ominous, but, you know, it's it's the norm. It is the norm. It's, it's the yeah. biblical norm. Yeah. All through the New Testament, you have churches that are facing suffering because of their faith. Yeah. It's and, and it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's happened across the world. Yes, and it will. It will here in America is is as hard as it is to believe that. That's the he gets his campaign is just a setup for that. Yes, a justification. As believers, we just want to be steadfast. We want to be faithful yeah. and yeah. and continue to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. In in the face of adversity, and in the face of difficulty, and even if you have to deny your granddaughter or deny a son or a daughter Mm -hmm. who chooses this lifestyle to, and still lovingly proclaim the truth to them. And you can still manifest your love to them and how you treat them. Sure. But we hope we, we we can't, you know, put the stamp of approval on something that God Absolutely does not. Yeah, and I, and I would say too to those of us who are in this church here at Faith Baptist, like we recognize this is this is hard. Yes, and, and I know it's becoming more ubiquitous. Yes, but you're not left without you know the, the ability to come to the, to your pastors and, and seek mm-hmm. counsel and how you can be loving. Yes, and because I think that we we can help you think through that. Because we do want you to be loving. We do want you to be gracious. We do want you to be kind and speak the truth in love. Yes. And and we don't want you to, to, to cut off all, you know, all access because of, you know, the way that you're going about it. Like right. there are there are ways that that maybe you can you think do it. And sometimes maybe it's just what you gotta do mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do. But you know, that may take some 
some pastoral counsel, and, and, and you can come, come and talk, and uh, yes. we'll be glad to hear and help. So, well, hey, Eric, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, this has been good. Really, really longer podcast than normal, but I think worthwhile. So. Yes, thank you. Excellent. And by the way, if you are looking for a church home that preaches the truth and teaches and in every context the Word of God, we, we do strive to do that. So we care very much about what the Bible says. So come join us, Faith Baptist Church in Visalia. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030. We have a Sunday school at 930, various Sunday school groups, and then 6 o'clock. So hopefully we'll see you there.